Hi guys, it's Jill, and welcome back to the Equine and Theory podcast, or welcome to the Equine and Theory podcast. My voice sounds deeper today. That's interesting. Anyway, um, today I am going to be talking about something that is slightly divergent from horses, but also is relevant to horses, because without horses, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Today, I'm talking about social media. Okay, let's jump into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, guys, so... We are talking, aren't we? <laughs> um, so, truth be told, I've actually had this idea for a post for a really long time, like either a blog post or a caption to an Instagram post. I've actually had one drafted in my notes on my phone for a very long time because I get asked all the time um, questions such as, how did you grow your Instagram and YouTube following? How do you get sponsorships? How do you get brand deals? How do you get started? And all of those questions I hope to answer today. So hopefully, um, if you are listening to this podcast just because you're an avid listener, you just get a dose of some interesting business how did you do from an amateur. Or um, I directed you here because you asked me and I said, I don't want to type it here. <laughs> um, which is what podcasts have been great for, honestly. It has alleviated my thumbs and my... It has prolonged the uh, inevitability for a carpal tunnel that I'll be enduring, I'm sure, in my near future. Um, but uh, I did want to talk about this because I do get asked all the time, and it's something that people are really interested in, so might as well talk about it. So, how did I get started? Well, um, I'm not even sure if that question is really relevant for me anymore, like, when people always ask me, I'm like, eh, this is tricky because 2019 is very different than 2012, 2013 was, which is when I started. Um, so little back history. I started on Instagram because I saw this girl. I forget her name, but her horse's name was Brit. I believe her, um, her username was like Palomino Princess or something to that effect. And, uh, you know, I just had my, like, regular personal account, and um, I saw that, and I was like, she has an account for her horse. And she has, like, I think she had 11K at the time, and I was like, no way! Like, I, and she, I was being critical because I'm a little competitive lady, and I was like, her pictures aren't even that good. Also, I was 14, so leave me alone. And I was like, her pictures aren't even that good, and her captions are, like, a sentence. I can do that, like, and I can do it better. So, welcome to Arrogance. Hi. Um, so, long ago, back in the 
when I smelled of arrogance and hope, <laughs> I started my Instagram and I actually started with an account that you can still find called Jill underscore heartthrob with one T because that was um, my horse before Zoe's uh, jockey club name. So he was heartthrob and we called him Bo. And I was like, I have a horse. I want to start an Instagram account. So I'm going to do this. So it was Jill underscore heartthrob. And um, I actually grew that account fairly quickly. Um, and uh, I mean, it took me a while. I don't remember like month to month, but I mean, I grew very, very quickly. Um, and I think it took me about six months to hit 7K. The account no longer says 7K because the day I hit 7K, I got locked out of my account and I did everything in my power to unlock it. But there was something screwed up with my emails. I also had an art account at the time. So whenever I would like put in the username and be like, find lost account, I would type in Jill underscore heartthrob and it would say email sent to whatever email but when I got to that email it would say it was resetting for my art account and I was like the what <laughs> I didn't type in my art account so I don't know I tried forever I tried to get people that could do it to do it and nobody could I don't know what happened it just locked me out heartbreaking day for me but um, something that was really impactful during that time was community and that has dissipated a lot since the early days since the days that I started on Instagram and um, like it was huge for you know the bigger influencers to like get together and do shout out for shout out Sunday or to like each other's pictures or to hold contests like photo contests or who to delete contests I never did those because I was like that is way too much work I'm not doing that um, but like people would submit photos under a hashtag and you would pick the best ones and then um, shout them out and um, or the most creative ones or what have you and um, people wanted to do the shout out so when they would post their pictures they would use your tag people would find you through the tag or um, there would be a stipulation of the contest saying that you have to follow so and so um, which today has more graduated into like contests like giveaways which everyone got burnt out on so fast because um, giveaways quickly exploited you needing to destroy the sanctity of your page for them. And um, by that, I mean like you would have to post the god-awful collage of brands <laughs> on your page. I did it a few times, so I can say that. Um, but I never made people post a picture of the giveaway to their pages. I don't think. If I did, I apologize because I... I, I never entered many giveaways for that very reason because I was like, no, my page is beautiful and handcrafted and I do take a lot of time to make all of my photos sort of match. So no, not doing that. And um, so I missed out on a lot of free stuff. But I mean, if if you posted something like that and the only stipulation was to follow, you know, the account holder and the like three brands that were sponsoring them and then tag three friends, that's easy. Like people are going to do that. Duh, that free stuff. Um, but the problem became when um, people went bigger and better and bigger and better and people... Can you quiet your collar, please? <laughs> um, but when people decided to do, like, giveaway for $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 giveaway, um, and they would have, like, 30 to 50 brands that you have to follow, everybody was like, no, I'm not doing that. And also, you're not going to check. And so... It just got way too much, and but you ha but it was like such a f a twenty uh, no 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 double edged sword. That's what I'm looking for, because you would have to um you would have to like have bigger and better higher amounts of giveaways because people if it was like two hundred dollar people were kind of like eh, I don't really need that and I'm not gonna repost or follow all those accounts or whatever. Um, 
So you had to do more expensive giveaways, but in order to do that, you had to either have brands that were willing to give away very expensive products or the most common option was to enlist a ton of brands. So, um, and then people didn't like it. So it's a double-edged sword as to what you could get. But back in my day, that is not what we were doing. Um, so I was 14 or 15 while I was doing all of this. And I remember like, um, back in the days my parents forced me to go to church they were like jill you need to get off your phone and i was like i can't it's shout out for shout out sunday i've got to do this and i remember i would be like making collages in the car on the way and like trying to like use juxtaposer i think is the app and like you know essentially photoshop a picture of me jumping onto some magical looking background and then using Fonto to like type giveaway and list all the brand or shout out for shout out Sunday and then list the stipulations. Like if you had a certain amount of followers, you would get just your single photo as a shout out. And um, there would also be a time stipulation. Like you might get 24 hours or 10 hours or whatnot. And the lower the follower amount, um, I might collage your picture with a few others. So there would be like four accounts in one post. Um, this was before you could like, add multiple pictures and you could swipe through them. Um, so I would do that and like limit the time. And so after I got out of church, I was like, delete those things, like get them off. And, um, it was always so stressful for me because there was like an hour gap where I'd be behind on stuff and I would get like, you know, a hundred, 200 people wanting to do this. And I have to go through every single person's thing and like return them. And, um, so I was dedicated to this. I was like, I am growing and I'm going to do it. And then, um, the photo contests are actually how I met my best friend, Maddie, um, who is simply with two wise equestrian on Instagram. And, uh, she's from North Carolina and, um, we fly back and forth to see each other all the time now because, uh, we became best friends through Instagram, stranger danger. Don't do that. Internet people are fake, but we FaceTimed all the time. And, uh, my dad did a background check on her. So she was not an old man. So we were good, but I don't know. It was, um, definitely a different time. We used kick to have a group chat. Yep. Kick, good old kick. <laughs> and, um, me and several other influencers, um, I think it started as a Lacey Jameson memorial contest that we all met. And, um, and if you guys don't remember Lacey Jameson, she was like freaking hype beast of equine Instagram. Like she was the best, like everybody loved Lacey. And, um, we all, um, did our um, like memorial contest to like um, spread the word about Lacey so more people would know about her and cherish her memory and that sort of thing. And um, that's how I met a lot of my friends and then that's how we got the idea to keep doing contests. Um, been no way attempting to exploit Lacey at all though. No, that wasn't the goal. It was to bring awareness and I don't even remember if we like actually like got anything out of that I don't remember what the rules were but also we were 15 and probably weren't thinking about like being super respectful because it's stupid but um anyway um I also remember I did a drawing and like sent it to her parents and I still have like the card that they sent me that was like a thank you it was really sweet um but sorry we're just traveling down memory lane here today <laughs> um but that was a really impactful part of my life um I just remember hearing that news and being like there's no way this is a joke and like it was just, it was awful. Um, but anyway, moving forward, um, really that's, that's just what we did. We just did contests and that stuff doesn't fly anymore. You literally cannot do a photo contest or shout out for shout out Sunday. Like it, it's not a thing. People will murder you on online for doing that. And, um, 
So now you have to get more creative with ways to grow. Um, something that I also found useful uh, when I was trying to grow and that could still potentially apply today is to make friends online, not to use them, but like when you have friends that have similar amounts of followers, you can do things for each other. You can just casually share their account on your story or something and be like, they have awesome pictures, go check them out and they can do the same for you. Um, so it's a little more subtle than like, shout out for shout out Sunday. This is this person follow them and um so and you can also like make friends with those people make a little community and then people want to follow you guys and see what's up and um the best advice i can give you for instagram is post high quality interesting content like that's really it and be consistent i often sacrifice quality for quantity because um i have to post every day or my insights start to fall and people start to lose interest and I have not been stellar about that since class started like two weeks ago um so my posting has been a little more sporadic than I prefer but um posting every single day every single day every single day um like when I was in I think ninth grade um I was good buddies with uh Chloe I think it's Loan, Loan. I don't know. She's um, Spirit Chloe on Instagram. She's like a huge account, and I was good friends with her. And um, I was asking her for tips on how to grow, and she was like, "I post at, you know, 8 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m." She posted three times a day, so I started doing that, which was ridiculous, by the way. That was so much effort, and I definitely was not supposed to have my phone in high school, but I did it. I worked worked around, and. Um, so I would post one like before school, at lunch, and then after. Well, that's what we'll tell my parents anyway. And uh, so, yeah, that was a thing. And I would like have to pre-edit all my pictures. It was so much work. And um, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a different time now. I wouldn't post three times a day because people would be like, I'm unfollowing you for the sheer reason that you're annoying. Also, I don't have that much to talk about anymore. I would just like, I, I don't even remember honestly what I would post about. Hold on. Wally, we're going to take off your collar for now because that's annoying. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but I post, I try to post every day in the morning. And if you switch your account to a business account, you can see, um, you know, your insights and like what the best time to post is. But I have my own little theory about that, but I keep it to myself. Haha, <laughs> secret. And um, also, um, just post really high quality pictures. And, um, and your captions need to be interesting. They can't be too long, which I fall victim to all the time because I'll just start typing and then I don't stop. Um, but they need to be interesting. I like to break it up so it's easy to read. Lots of emojis so that people are like, no, what does he say? And, um, so, I don't know, just dynamic pictures, well-edited pictures. Um, see, the thing is, if I post, like, a side-by-side -side of a non-edited picture and an edited picture, people will say they prefer the non-edited one. But then those don't get likes, so I don't do that. <laughs> or those don't get impressions or seen as much. So, um, but I also try to keep a personal feel by, like, having, you know, like a selfie or just, like, a picture of Zoe while I'm giving her a bath or something that's not, like, a, um, like, shot with a real deal camera, like, while I'm jumping or whatnot. Okay, also, moving the paper because the kitties are insistent on being noisy. I'm trying to podcast, don't you know? Um, <laughs> anyway... Um, so I think that about covers it for Instagram. I mean, I just, you have to find your own way to grow and find your niche and how to connect with your audience and, um, just being yourself, I think, and being interesting is the most, like, 
solid advice I can give. Consistency, quality. Oh my God. Are you, Wally, hello. Stop. You're trying to be so noisy. Enough. God, I'm so sorry, everyone. I just don't have the energy to like start and stop and edit. And, and it's just not, you know, podcasts are supposed to be free, 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 free flowing, free flowing. Yes, that. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that about covers it for Instagram. That's how I grew. And now I think I'm at like one or not at one, lol, 88.7k, I think. I don't know. I fluctuate because I lose like 300 followers a day and gain like 400. So it, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I've tried asking like what I'm doing to lose followers. and But obviously the people who haven't followed me cannot answer that question. So um, I don't know what I did to offend them and make them not like me, but they left for some reason. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's that, and, uh, I think we shall move on to YouTube. So, YouTube, I started in 2014, and just, like, started filming silly videos, because I always watched, like, Eddie's Gun and Spirit Chloe just, like, um, do their, like, you know, writing edits or, like, barn vlogs or whatnot, and, uh, so I wanted to give that a shot. And, uh, so I just started filming them and editing them on my phone, uploading them, like, no real effort there like I mean well it was effort because editing iMovie on your phone is like heinous but um I eventually upgraded to a laptop that I could do it on I used my mom's school laptop I would steal it from her after she went to bed and edit on that and then upload and our wi-fi at home and that laptop combined were both dinosaurs so it took I think it usually took like a full night to upload like a five minute video it was ridiculous um, now that I have my own laptop and my own Wi-Fi, it takes like maybe 10 minutes, which is a significant improvement. Um, but the biggest thing with YouTube is being consistent because if you drop off the face of the earth, so do your viewers. Um, and I mean, subscriptions go only go so far. Um, but the, the idea is you want to have people coming back each week on a certain day, expecting your video, knowing that it's going to be there and ready for it. And I may not be the best person to be talking about this right now because I've taken like a month or two month long break from YouTube just because it is so demanding. Like everyone says they want to get into YouTube, but I don't think they really have any idea how much it takes. It really takes a certain kind of person who is dedicated and willing because like having to film whatever you're doing automatically increases it by like two times the amount. So like if it takes me 10 minutes to groom Zoe, it will take me 20 to get the angle and the zoom and uh, where I want the camera set up to set up the tripod, move the camera around, get different angles. And so it just, it lengthens your, the time needed to do whatever you're doing. So, you know, when I'm trying to film a barn vlog, if I have four or five horses I need to ride, it's suddenly taking twice as long. It's really difficult to do for me, especially as someone who is a college student and has like a ton of homework perpetually and like also other things that I would like to do and also a podcast and also Instagram to plan for and also business emails to answer and uh I also would like to breathe sometimes and like also do activities that I genuinely enjoy like drawing and reading so um YouTube had to get cut this year because I was just I felt like I was going to grow gray hairs or have a coronary because I was so stressed and um trying to do YouTube every week it just felt like I was rushing to get it done and then finally taking a breath of air after I'd get it done and then <laughs> would start all over and um the quality of my videos was suffering and um as a result like you can tell in some of my more recent videos that I'm just not that into it 
and um and i hate that because my followers are starting to comment on it my subscribers um and they were just like you just don't seem very happy i was like because i don't want to be doing this and the thing that frustrated me the most i think was when i switched to positive reinforcement and like i get that it's not everybody's cup of tea but like i worked really hard on that content and um and like i was super proud of it and nobody cared about it and so like videos that would normally get like 10 to 20,000 views would get maybe 5,000 which is still something it's more than a lot but like it just it's not getting the same reaction as a barn vlog number 5002 or show vlog or you know whatever it just it was frustrating and also YouTube limited me in a big way by removing um or by starting to inf like copyright infringements because I couldn't, because one of my favorite things to do was edit, like, show videos or writing or working with Zoe or whatever to music. And once I started, like, being serious about copywriting and royalties and everything, it, like, totally took away my ability to edit anything to a song. And, um, so, I mean, I can use, like, instrumentals or, like, uh, free music, but they're just not the same quality as, like, you know, radio songs or songs that you listen to on Spotify. Like, it's just, it's not the same. And, um, it, it limits your creativity that way. So, I mean, that is definitely a barrier to work around, especially for those of us who really enjoy making videos like that and our subscribers like it. So you can still make them and take the hit and just not get monetized, or you can stop doing that because you need to dedicate your time to other things that do make money and that people enjoy. Because honestly, my favorite videos, even back in the day, were not the barn vlogs or the show vlogs. It was the the writing edits because I put so much time into that and timing Zoe's movements or Bo's movements to the music and I just I loved every part about it and uh, those videos didn't do near as well as the vlogs did or the saddle pad collection or whatnot and like just the content that people wanted me to make was just not what I wanted to do like writing dares I can't tell you how many times over the years I've gotten asked to do writing dares and I just have never had a desire to like push the limits with my horse and myself and I just I want to enjoy her and show like showcase what I enjoy about her and where we're at and apparently that's not something that's particularly interesting to my audience anymore so I mean that is something else to consider about YouTube it's sometimes the content you want to make is not the content that your viewers want to see and I mean, I bet if I continued, actually, I don't know about that, because if I continued with positive reinforcement uh, content, I mean, there might be an uptick, but there aren't that many positive reinforcement people. It's such a niche community that um, it's just, it would be a really long time before it started growing. And I, I haven't completely quit YouTube. Like I still have video ideas and I've got footage. I just need to find the time to edit it. And, um, but I'm, it's, it's still in the back of my mind and I still want to keep doing it just right now is not a super ideal time and I really do need a break from it because it was really wearing me out um, but I think that um, if it's something that you're really wanting to do then um, you need to be ready to jump in with both feet you need editing software um, I don't know exactly what works for um, like uh, Windows computers but I know for a Mac, it comes with uh, iMovie, which is fine to edit with. I mean, that's what I edited with most of the time. I just bought Final Cut Pro, I think the beginning of this year or end of last year. 
and there's a big old learning curve with it, but it, um, I like editing with it better now. Um, but it took me a really long time because I was like, I just want to use iMovie. I hate this, but I was like, I paid $300 for this. I have to use it. Um, but, uh, so there is also that factor. I mean, you're going to need a computer that can do it and editing software. And beyond that, it's not just, oh, I made a video here and now I have X amount of subscribers. You have to keep posting. You have to be consistent. You have to know how to promote yourself on social media, like Instagram, which is where I got lucky because I grew my Instagram first. And then once I started posting on YouTube, I just sent my audience there. And then since my uh, YouTube grew from my Instagram audience, then when people would come to my channel, they'd be like, oh, this is a reputable, reputable channel. They post good videos and they have some amount of subscribers, so I'll subscribe. So having that, because it's, it's really hard to get started when you only have like four or 50 subscribers. It's people come to it and you can have brilliant content, but they might be like, well, why don't they have subscribers? But they might still subscribe. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of like buying something that's more expensive just because it is, because you assume the quality is higher, I would suppose. Um, but I would say that um, if you're going to do it, you've really got to commit. You can't just give up after a week, unless of course you decide this is not what you want to do. But it really does take dedication to grow. You have to keep posting. You have to post interesting content. I would recommend barn vlogs <laughs> and show vlogs. And your content has to be quick. It has to move fast. It can't. You can't have any long, drawn-out monologues. Like if you t say an um or take a breath, it pretty much needs to be cut because people get bored and they lose attention. I watch most of my videos on two times speed, not my personal videos. I watch those at regular, regular speed because my videos are perfect, perfect, of course. But like other videos, sometimes I'm like, okay, all right, keep going, like speed it up. And so I like put it on a faster speed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's really hard. That's all I can say. And um, I mean, at this, at this point you can film on an iPhone. Most of my recent videos are filmed on an iPhone or my Canon G7X um, Mark II, which is not a terribly expensive camera, um, and it's really nice, and uh, you can find that on Amazon. I also recently did like a product review for the uh, Insta360 ONE X camera, or 110, I don't know if there's an X, but is it a 10? I don't know, is it an X? Who knows? <laughs> so, um, and that was really, really cool. Editing process, a little frustrating because I didn't understand the software, but um, I'm not super techie, um, but really cool video, and I really enjoyed making that video, except for the editing. But editing it to music was fun. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I also have a Canon Rebel, Canon T5i, Rebel, Canon Rebel T5i, there it is. And, um, but I don't use that one as much anymore just because changing out lenses was annoying for me and I don't know how to work a DSLR camera or an SLR or whatever it is. And, um, I just, I never used it to its full capabilities. So I gave up and I bought the Mark II, which is much easier. You just turn it on and it works. Um. But yeah, the only thing I will say is the back camera of an iPhone, um, if you adjust it in your settings to 60 frames per second, uh, 1080p, is amazing for slow-mo. Like, it's awesome. But most cameras are 30 frames per second at 1080p or lower, or like 720p. Yeah, I don't know if they have frames per second with that, but I would assume it's 30. But regardless, the slow-mo looks really choppy and it's not great. Um, so, uh, I set my Canon Rebel to a, um, 
yep, speak to 1080p at 60 frames per second, but I still haven't like perfected the slow-mo because it's, it's still kind of choppy, like 30 frames per second. But um, the back camera of an iPhone is really awesome. The front camera won't do it, but the back camera has awesome slow-mo. Um, so if you would like some artsy shots, you'll just have to set your camera up backwards and fingers crossed you're in frame. Um, so yeah, I think those are about all the tips I have for YouTube. I mean, really it's consistency, quality, quick pace, and um, predictability. Like you need to, like your followers need to be able to predict when you're going to post and what kind of content they will be getting. And you need to find out what kind of content they want. And also see if you can align it with what content you want to create, which is the tricky part. Um, especially if you're wanting to get into the equestrian community, it's you're kind of limited. Like, there's only so much you can do. But people um, like, uh, oh, what is her name? Oh, I feel so bad right now. I totally forgot her name. She has a white pony. And she's, she's cute. She's very nice. And I have totally forgotten her name. But she, um, she does really good with that. And I think there's also another girl... Um, that's Instagram is pony nuts and she does really well, but she is more in touch with a younger audience. So it works as well. Cause you know, maybe kids that don't have horses that are interested in it. Whereas my content is more relevant to like people who are interested in training. And so it's an older audience and they are not as keen to be on YouTube. So, I mean, it's a catch 22 for me, but, um, for younger people, it's easier to get in touch, but you also have to know how to edit and how to make your videos turn out well so people will be interested in watching them. Okay, I'm done talking about this now. Anyway, anyway, so now we should talk about sponsorships and how to get them, what they're like, and what to expect. So, um, sponsorships, I will say, are hard to get if you are a smaller account. So this would largely apply to people who are growing or are hoping to grow or maybe even to brands that are listening. So here's the thing. Um, media marketing has become a huge, huge tool. Like most brands you see now that are super popular are because they advertise on Facebook or through influencers or on Instagram. So it's a very, very powerful marketing tool and um, it's getting more recognition these days and it's not so much um undervalued like it used to be like trying to get a hundred dollars for a post on an account that has thirty thousand impressions was near impossible people didn't want to pay for that i had several brands be like i'm not paying that i'm gifting you a um you know i'm gifting you a pair of breeches or a saddle pad or my new bell boots or whatever and I was like keep your stuff then like it's I don't care I don't need them I have a thousand pairs of freaking breeches and I have more breeches than I have pants not trying to be braggy here but like my point was like I, I need the money more than I need the breeches you know and um it was it was just a problem because it's also not a matter of like what I need it's a matter of what it's worth and you know um a big lesson I learned from Maddie and her family who are very interested in marketing and are very keen on that is you can't let bigger companies and brands take advantage of you. And it's really easy when they go, well, I'm not paying that. And a lot of times if you say, okay, well, maybe we can, we can work something out in the future. They'll come back and negotiate. And, um, I've had a lot of brands that turn me down, come back and be like, okay, well, let's do this and let's do this. And, um, actually what inspired, um, this podcast was an email I got of somebody asking me how I go about doing, uh, sponsorships and, um, 
YouTube and Instagram growth and stuff like that. And um, I also um, may or may not be giving a presentation on this at a conference soon. Ooh, scary. Um, so it's nice to like get my thoughts sort of in order. And I also just answer two emails uh, to brands. And so what I typically do when a brand reaches out to me is I have a social media kit that I created myself. So it has my name, um, an about me section, a picture, and um, quick blurb of services I offer and what um, what the following is on all of, all of my accounts and all the platforms. And then I have um, descriptions of each of the accounts and what they stand for, what they do, and um, then I have all their insights. So like this account gets X amount of impressions, X amount of story views, X amount of likes per post, which really are worthless, but, um, or how far my account reaches, like outside of people who follow me, what percentage, and um, things of that nature. What are you guys doing? Can you please stop? Um, so things like that, and then, I have pricing, so um, I did some research on what accounts deserve what, and actually I'm lowballing like what market value is because equestrian brands don't pay as well as like camera brands or clothing or whatever. Um, so uh, blah blah blah. Anyway, um, then you can advertise. This is what it costs for a feed post. This is what it costs for a story post. This is what it costs for a temp post. Uh, like a temporary post or, um, you know, what it costs per each account or on my podcast or on YouTube, etc. And um, really the only way to get brands to sponsor you is to be able to offer them something. You can't just expect to get free stuff. Nothing is free in this world. And if you haven't learned that by yet, it's time to grow up and realize it. Um, and I used to get people DMing me all the time. This is a while back, but like, um, how do you get all this free stuff? And I was like, it's, I'm not giving, I'm not like their brands are not just giving me stuff for free. I'm doing something for them. Yes. It does. It may not take me that long to take a picture in it, edit it and post it. It probably takes maybe an hour to do all of that. But at the same time, that's my time. And I'm risking it to my followers because I don't know if you know this, but people don't like ads. And so, <laughs> and I bet all of you groaned when I just played that ad there, but Got to make money somehow. Um, but it's a big deal to, you know, sort of, I don't want to say exploit your following because they also know at this point, but like, um, you know, a brand is paying you to advertise this to your following and like the sellout culture has kind of died out a little bit. Thank God. That was so annoying. I was like, I need money and I need these things. I mean, half of my breaches are not like I did not pay for them. Um, and a lot of my saddle pads are the same way. A lot of the equipment I got, I got my equipment upgraded from like, you know, used saddles and such because of, um, brand deals. And there was a time where I just accepted product compensation. I would just like get breaches or whatever and just post it for the uh, retail price of the brand. But that's also not what it costs to manufacture them. But I'm not going to ask every brand, what does it actually cost you to make this? I don't, the retail price doesn't need to be deducted from blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do all that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all about, um, what you're worth and what your brand is worth and also, um, how much it costs you to risk following. And because, I mean, I see a decline 
a decline, a decline, um, when I do an advertisement and following because people get annoyed. They're like, oh, this, I mean, there's still some people that are like, this account's a sellout. I don't care. And they'll unfollow you. And so you risk that or, I mean, and the idea is to get people to like be interested in the product. And I try to only work with brands that I respect and trust and genuinely want to work with. Um, because I, I don't want to just like take money from brands and, um, just be like, okay, cool. Thank you. Um, and, um, so I try not to be a sellout in that definition because, um, at one point being a sellout was just accepting money for promotion. But, um, now I think it's more like if it's inauthentic and you don't actually use the product or you don't actually like it. Um, but most brands are now open to like, if you don't like it, say so and we'll improve, but like, we're still going to pay you. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a whole slew of details to get into, but I think I've covered most of them for the most part. It's just, I, I'm glad that we're finally approaching a time where brands are realizing what, um, the influencer, uh, what the influencer promotion is worth. And it, I mean, like more eyeballs will see my, you know, post about X brand than, um, then they, then more people would see a, um, or then people would see a billboard in my town, you know, like, hello, everyone, please stop, silence, thank you, quiet on set. Anyway, um, so more people would see a post from me than in my town on a billboard. So it's, it's very powerful. And do you know how much billboards cost? A lot. And there's time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears that go into that just like they do for Instagram posts. And don't even get me started on YouTube videos. Those take so much time and effort to create. Oh my God. So anyway, um, if you're a brand out there, please recognize this and do some reading on media marketing because uh, your influencers are worth it. Please do not um, take advantage of them. It's very annoying when I see that. I had a lot of friends growing up that would be like promoting a brand in every single one of their posts with a coupon code. And they, there was no affiliate program. They weren't getting anything out of the coupon code. Um, and they were only in return, all they were getting was a discount. Like they would be promoting this brand on every single post just to get a 10% discount on a pair of breeches or something. And I was like, what are you doing? No, don't do that. (laughs) Cause, cause like we have to stand together, unite, do not accept those drive brands to pay more for it. Because if, you know, say I charge $200 for a post, but you know, Jane Doe over there is charging 150, they're going to cross check between the two of us and they're going to go with the cheaper one. So, you know, I mean, it's all about marketing and playing the field and all that good stuff. And, um, uh, really the core of the issues with, um, you know, being able to be sponsored or to collaborate. I always use promotional collaboration as my word because sponsors imply something different. Um, but USEF doesn't understand that, so that's fun because um, I'm technically a professional because of sponsorships. But hopefully I'll get my amateur status back since I'm not really working with a brand anymore. Interesting. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, uh, is there anything else I need to cover in that regard, um, I mean, as far as sponsorships go, you just got to focus on growing your account first and brands will find you. And I mean, don't be afraid to reach out to them either. Be like, hey, look, I'm up and coming. This is what I'm doing. Do you have a spot for me? Would you like to work with me? And, um, you know, try and remain 
you know, integral to your brand and um, integral, have integrity towards your brand. Is integral, does it work like that? I don't know, because integral means like important, but does it also have like a connotation of integrity? I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so also a really important thing to do is like research, read up on what your account is worth. Um, you can, like there's a media worth account, uh, account, oh my God, calculator that you can type in your account and it will pull up what you should be making per post. Um, like if you work with a brand. So you can do that. Check that out and see what's up with all that good stuff. And uh, don't be afraid to get started on any of this. I know I'm kind of a negative Nelly, but I'm also in kind of a, a dry spell with <laughs> with social media. But um, I hope my tips were helpful and I hope you realize the work that goes into all of it. And um, don't take it for granted. It's not easy. Um, so yeah, I think that is all. Thank you for tuning in to the Equine and Theory podcast. Um, for more from me and my ponies, you can check me out at Jet Equitheory. No, oh, I'm burping during the outro. At Jet Equitheory on Instagram and YouTube. I also have a Facebook page if you're interested in that kind of thing. And a Twitter page, which I mostly complain on. So check that out. Also, um... I have a website, jetequitheory.com, where you can find available horses, positive reinforcement resources, a little glossary, um, more about me, my story, um, about the horses, and um, where to find me, and uh, how to contact me. So, yeah, check all of that out, and I will see you guys next week. That's exciting. I like that. Nice Tuesday. Check it out. Okay, goodbye!